Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yes. <laughs> Finally, someone else bringing the sound effects in. <laughs> yes, yes. Coming to you from the verdant pastures of Brentwood slash Nolansville, Middle Tennessee, here in the picturesque and uh, high-tech confines of the <laughs> Fly West Music Studios. What? How much do you get paid for a sentence like that? <laughs> pastors and the pastoral setting. Jeez, Nate, oh, you're I, really, you're on this morning. I've been listening to baseball. We're in the postseason. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Uh, and and this is baseball weather, is it not? It's oh, October. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. It's running weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Among like I said, Royals. it's baseball weather. <laughs> huh? Nate, I know you care. I was somewhere on Sunday where the game was on. The yeah. Royals. How's won. that? Come from the wild card position to... Yeah. Okay, so the the Cardinals won last night, mm-hmm. beat the Dodgers. Right. So who are who are the top four teams that are vying for the World Series spot? All right, so Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> well, Montreal is now Washington. Right, and Washington right. is gone. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. How's that? Wow. I like Washington. Mm-hmm. So uh, Baltimore. Yep. And uh, uh, Baltimore's Louis? in. Yes, St. Louis. And Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, City. and uh, San Francisco. They won last night. Huh. So, so I just I just found out last night uh, that the Expos don't exist anymore. Yeah, that was really disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, was I, that I went Washington. to an Expos game in Montreal, and it was pathetic. So uh, they're well, doing much well, better was, in Washington. Come on, it was Canadian. That's that's <laughs> Canadian version of awesome. Yeah, not only Canadian but French Canadian. Yeah. They couldn't care less about baseball. <laughs> Andre Dawson can only do so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Tim Raines and Andre Dawson, weren't those the only two names yeah. anyone remembers from the Expo? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, but I also didn't know uh, about that Washington team. I'm sorry. The Nationals. Uh, that's, that's what yeah, they're yeah. called, right? Yeah, the yeah, Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that team existed until last night. So I learned a lot yesterday waiting for youth group to end sitting at the, uh, the local microbrew. Okay, good for you. And you remembered it. That's good. Speaking of microbrew, Allie and I were in Asheville, North Carolina last weekend. Yeah, I saw a picture of you, man. You had a nice little uh, microbrew in front oh, of you. Oh, yeah. Playing man. some, uh, we'll play some, some cards. So playing? Yeah, playing some cards, seeing who was going to pick up the check. Yeah. Allie kicked How'd my go, tail. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I swear, when I was there last year, there were eight breweries in town. Hmm. This year, there were 15. Wow. Wow. Uh, so uh, we wandered into one that was just across the street from where we parked. Parking is tough. It's a busy little town there, gorgeous town. And uh, so we, we wandered into the lab, the Lexington Avenue Brewery. And, uh, man, the decor was great. Service was terrific. Food was fantastic. The beers I had, a, had, I had one called Malt and Pepper, which was a Saison hmm. uh, seasoned with black peppercorns. Wow. Yeah. And then a pumpkin porter that was unbelievable. Oh, that sounds amazing. So I, so you know, halfway through the pumpkin porter, I thought, you know, I should, I'm going to check in on Beer Advocate and see where these guys are in the rankings in Asheville. Okay. That's when I discovered there were 15 breweries, huh. and that's when I discovered that these guys come in at number 12. Ooh. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. They were that good 
Yeah. But, but still 12. And yet sucked that bad. No, they were awesome. Amazing. So then we wandered <laughs> back over to Wicked Weed, which is... That's a good one. By common consent, the best in, in yeah. Asheville. And I hear uh, they're going to create a... Uh, they've raised five million bucks to do a production brewery, so you might actually get some oh, Wicked wow. Weed stuff. Okay. Uh, in broader distribution. This is not a beer podcast, but I just went but on a rant. But it could be. But yeah. It could be. That's right. That's right. Uh, but that was, that was my weekend. I was out there speaking at a men's retreat at the beautiful Montreat Conference Center there in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Hmm. Yes. It was gorgeous. And there with my brides, we had a good time. Good deal. Uh, how about you, Newton? What's what's new in yeah. Domini Land? Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Well, one week ago today, I got to feel the baby. Yeah, uh, which was kind of awesome. We were at the midwife doing our prenatal appointment, and she said, "Oh, there's that's the head. Do you want to feel it?" Well, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty awesome. Um, head to Salt Lake City. Speaking of three percent beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, had to, I had to Salt Lake City tomorrow for a work thing, and uh, I, I am, I, I'm, I'm. There's, I'm really happy to go to Salt Lake City. I've never been. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for for learning. I'm going to an MLS soccer match. I'm excited about that. But traveling now is way heavier. Being, oh, yeah. being gone, and I'm like really, like present with that yeah you know yeah, like yeah wow, i'm gonna be gone for four days yeah you know um so i don't know what that's gonna mean nine months from now right you know nine years from now traveling and doing all that but that that reality of fatherhood and being gone from home mm-hmm. is starting to kick is, in a is, bit. is kicking in a little bit yeah yeah um so yeah i'm excited to go i'm also sad to be gone yeah uh but yeah other than that things are things are pretty good feeling mm. all right you know, weather hadn't given me any allergy problems or anything. So, and it's running weather. Like this is, yeah. I went for a run on Saturday, six miles, felt great, and you know, cool and crisp and awesome. Nice. You know, yeah. just want to keep going all day long. That's how I feel after a nap. <laughs> <laughs> it's also nap weather. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And you're in a season where you're actually getting a nap now and then. I'm getting some sleep. Yeah. Lots of it. <laughs> Yeah, in the transition mode, man. But I've I've had I have some good things kind of taking my time right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I am in a wedding this weekend, coming weekend. Nice. I am the co-best man. The, wow. the, the co. So the not co-best so not man. quite good enough to be the not best quite man. good enough. <laughs> but but was this T ball? Is this T ball wedding where everybody gets a trophy? Apparently, <laughs> best man. What is this about? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Dude, I know, man. Uh, my buddy, he, he asked me, he said, hey, would you be my co-best man? I was like, if you could tell me what the hell that is. <laughs> like, he was like, uh, well, you know, I, my, my childhood friend is going to be my best man, and you've been my my, my man for like uh-huh. the last seven, eight years. You know, will you be my co-best man? And I was like, yeah, sure, man. You know, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. I'd be honored. So so I'm doing that. Of course, I have to give a co, co-best man speech. <laughs> so, of cor- so, of course, I'm going to... Uh, make it known that I am the co-best man oh, in okay. my speech. So I'm going to play off of that. <laughs> okay, and that's have, good. Have some, have some fun with it. and So uh, so getting ready for that, man. And uh, So, yeah, it's, 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 everything's cool. Like I said, like, I got a lot of nap time. Just mm-hmm. trying to you know figure things out for the next season, man. I'm excited. You know, 
course, uh, you know, it, it, it seems like when the seasons change, like, you know, the actual seasons, fall mm-hmm. is hit. Uh, now a new, you know, something had to die. Yeah, so right. So something can be raised uh, in the future, mm-hmm. in the next season. So I, I feel pretty pretty good, you know, have my ups and downs, to be totally yeah. honest. Um, yesterday was pretty terrible. Um, it's one of those days, just yeah. was one of those days, man. Uh, but today's pretty cool, so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, family's good, wife's good, um, you know. Hey, do you do you guys? Okay, you're gonna find this out, Newton. Wait, hang on. Yeah. I, I gotta ask a quick question, a yeah. practical co-best man question. Oh, okay, okay. Are you guys gonna like flip a coin to see who gets to hold the wedding ring? Wow. Like, how's that gonna Maybe work? Maybe we'll hold it together. Hold it together. <laughs> <laughs> together. Oh. <laughs> you know, like how, how's that gonna work? <laughs> there are logistical questions that our listeners that need to know. That is true. I may ask this at the rehearsal dinner, like <laughs> uh, on Saturday. Um, so it should be. It's actually, it's gonna be over at. Um, the Hermitage. Oh, nice. It'll be really nice. Uh, so, you know, on Sunday afternoon, so nice, you know, fall afternoon on Sunday, so it should, should be nice. So, but, uh, so other than that, man, I've, I've been pounding uh, homework. You're going to figure this out, Newton. Yeah. And I know, that Aaron, you, you can relate to this. The amount of homework that elementary school kids have oh. is <laughs> freaking insane. Right. And, and kind of made me feel a little bit dumb because my, my daughter last night was working on rocks and minerals. And asked me for help, and honestly, guys, I couldn't help her. Like, <laughs> I, I could not remember <laughs> basic fundamentals of of science. Mondo, so. there. Look, kind of, I'll give you the tip here. Yeah, yeah. You just keep your tablet with you, something very portable. Yeah. And they ask the question, say, "Oh, yeah, hold on, though, I have to go to the bathroom." You go in the bathroom, you mm. Google all the information, you yeah. come out of the bathroom a freaking genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Appreciate that. And you sustain your children's view of you yeah. as a godlike figure. There you go. Thank you. Uh, Dad we'll sure it. goes to the bathroom a lot. That's yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With prostate problems. Apparently. Exactly. So, yeah, that's what's happening over here, man, the Grimes clan. So. All right. <clears throat> what about uh, beautiful San Luis Obispo? Is that, is it, what do you have on, man? That, that's uh, a... He's you wearing like a dashiki. It? He looks like a dashiki. Uh, this this is my shirt. One of my shirts I brought back from Ethiopia. There you go. It okay. is so you go. comfortable. Yeah. It's uh, over seven years old, and so it's well worn and just fits me like a glove. I'm actually deciding whether or not to go into public today with it, uh, just because I don't want to take it off. You but sure? people do give me funny looks, like I'm an ambassador of something. <laughs> <laughs> well, just roll with it if it works. Yeah. No, I I have had uh, quite a week. My sister-in-law asked us to to dog sit her Chihuahua on Friday. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that, man. You you're not even half as sorry as you will be in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife left and said, "Here, uh, I don't want to leave the dog alone in the house." So it's it sat with me in my office while I was doing uh, counseling phone calls. And then I had to go out into town to do a counseling meeting, and uh, I I always ride my bike because it's just so fun. I thought, this sucks. I've got a dog. I'm not going to take the car. So I, I found a basket in the garage, threw the dog in the basket, rode there. And it seemed like the dog and I were making friends. The dog was having a good time. Uh, I wasn't that embarrassed to ride through the high school area during their off-campus lunch with a chihuahua in a basket. Uh, were uh, you wearing a dashiki? <laughs> no, but I, I didn't sure. have any socks. So I was wearing oh. Jenny's uh, black and white striped stockings. Nice! While... While riding Whoa. a cruiser with a, wow. a chihuahua this is like, basket. It's like Wizard of Oz on acid. <laughs> it is. It's it's like Tim Burton doing the Wizard of Oz. Uh, 
but the problem was I, I called the people I was meeting with, said, I want to meet at this coffee shop. There's an out, outdoor backyard fence den. Mm-hmm. Well, the dog found a hole in the fence and took off. Oh. Like crazy took off. Uh, it was a mad sprint down the main street of Atascadero. Everybody just looking like, what's this fat guy chasing a chihuahua for? <laughs> and, you know, it's just horrible. Long story short, there were about four or five sets of cars that got in on the chase. There were pedestrians that kept saying, the chihuahua went that way. The chihuahua, and it just was flat out running in this huge circle around town. Finally, we lost it in a residential area. Had to call my sister-in-law, say, hey, your dog, uh, that stupid chihuahua of yours, gone. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully someone will call. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I said, you know, when, when someone calls, just call me back. I'll go get it. And I, and I told her, luckily, it's in a residential area. Well, I get a call three hours later after soccer practice. A lady has it. Turns out it decided to go down to Vaughn's, right next to the freeway on-ramp and off-ramp, went up the off-ramp, stopped all the traffic on the freeway. Oh, my. Four cars blocked the road, two of them stopping traffic, two of them trying to catch the dog. It runs off down into the creek. Another chase ensues with a bunch more people. Jeez. This dog created a whole community spirit in Atascadero, California last Friday. Wow. I've never hated chihuahuas more. Wow. That... (laughs) That uh, that dog must be related to our guest for today. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a that is a good point, That's an Mondo. Excellent segue. <laughs> yeah. You know, this this dog should be in some long distance running. So, anyways, <laughs> that's uh, that's all I remember from my week. But boy, quite the adventure that I didn't have time for. Good lord! All right. So, if well, any of you has a dog you need watch, just give me a call. Right. Right. <laughs> It'll get exercise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you need to lose a dog. <laughs> That's Aaron. right. Call Aaron. All right. Hey, we'll be right back in a couple of minutes here on the Pirate Month Podcast. I reach out to my brother. I will take his outstretched hand. If I'm to travel much further. In a dark and dreary land I will need to recover My strength to stand All right, we are back on the Pirate Monk Podcast And uh, I have been on pins and needles uh, Just thrilled to uh, to get our guest on the line uh, We've got Christian Isaacson with us Christian is, I think you always keep the title once you've done it, kind of like being president. You are an Ultraman. Is that right? (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) It's not like Spider-Man, but you are, you know, a Ultraman. Mm, Um, Right. And and, and, an Ultraman. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, Christian is an endurance athlete, an Ultraman. Um, I would go ahead and just say a professional badass. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, would, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, but, but I heard Christian interviewed on the Rich Roll podcast. Um, gosh, was that about six months ago, Christian? 
Yeah, I was in. Yep, I went down to L.A. to get interviewed by him. Uh, I was actually January, February. Yeah, around March. Okay. I think, is when I went down there. I think I heard it this summer, sitting in my car, and I fired off an email to him from my phone and said. Hey man, I'm listening to your interview and I help with this podcast. What do you think? <laughs> and it was it was all excitement and no intelligence. And he was kind enough to say, "Yeah, that sounds cool. Let's set it up." Oh, nice. So we've got Christian on the line with us. So can you guys explain to me? Because I, I, like most listeners, for me, I'm sitting here like, "Hey, Ultraman sounds awesome." I know. Right. Does it but, come with a cape? But, <laughs> yeah, but what is it? Uh-huh. So yeah, Christian, tell us tell us what Ultraman is. Well, first off, thanks for the intro, and I feel I, 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 I'm, I'm. It's humbling to hear you say that. So I, I, I'm just as excited to be here. I don't want it to think, seem like it, it was just me nonchalantly saying, "Yeah, I'll be on an interview." When you got a hold of me, I was just as excited, man. So thank you. Right on. Um, yeah, Ultraman is a, a three-day event that takes place. Uh, a couple places around the world, and it, basically, um, they take forty athletes. Um, and it's an event that you have to actually apply to and have, I guess, somewhat of an athletic resume. It's not just something you can sign up. It's not a 5K that you can just run on a Saturday morning. <laughs> um, but it, uh, essentially, it's a six-mile swim, a 270-mile bike, and then a 52-mile run. Um, and that's broken down into three days. <clears throat> so day one is the six-mile swim and the 90-mile bike. The day two is 171 mile bike, and then day three is the double back to back marathon. Um, and uh, that is an Ultraman. Um, and I, for some reason, have been wired to be able to um, to do well enough at them to stay uh, to stay interested. So it's, yeah, uh, and alive. It's, <laughs> yeah. Now, now, how much how much of that is like physical conditioning versus? Yeah you people are just wired to push through the mental uh, voices, very reasonable voices, God-given voices that say, stop it! What are you doing? <laughs> you know what, dude? I I honestly think, um, and I say this in all seriousness, I think anybody can do it. I, I know it yeah. sounds stupid because when I, you know, years and years and years ago when I would admire people, whether it was a incredible pitcher or a incredible golfer or swimmer, you know, you have to step back and think like, um, man, how do they do it? Uh, I do think that there are, I think we're all gifted in certain areas. I really do believe that. And I think that I happen to be given more of a stupid gene than some people. Um, but, uh, it, 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 dude, it is, it is 90% mental and the other 10% is mental. I'll be honest. It's, it's, a, wow. it's a big mind game. Yep, yeah. It's a big mind game. Um, it takes a lot of discipline to train and to, and to keep your head down. Um, and I think a lot of the times people cut themselves short because they just get so bored with the day in day out, um, uh, of training to get to the race that they never reach their full potential. So I do think that if you just if you do, with anything, you decide to do something and you stick with it. Um, you may not be the best at it, but you will complete what you, you know, what you want to do. Um, if yeah, that makes before. any sense. Before we ask more questions about that, because I, I have more questions about that, <laughs> you have also run, it wasn't the Ultraman, but it was where you did the Ironman five days in a row, right? That's a different thing. Yeah, that was that was stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's Epic no, Five, right? Yeah, that was Epic Five. And, I, dude, just a brief history, I was 
eight years old when I watched Julie Moss call across the line on on ABC, crapping her pants, um, the, uh, the body shutting down at the Ironman when it kind of started to pick up speed and Sports Illustrated got on board and all the, for those of Ironman athletes that are listening to and endurance athletes, they know the history. Well, I've always told people you have two responses to that you either are going to ask why would you do that or when are you going to do that? And I was, I knew at eight, I'm going to do that someday. So, um, of course I veered off the path for many years and then, you know, I just turned 41, um, about 10, 10 years ago at 30, I got really serious and started with just, a, you know, marathons and, and running events. And then uh, one thing led to another and I get a phone call from, um, the founder of the Epic five and they invited five athletes from around the world. I was one of them and it was, uh, five iron distance races in five days on each of the five Hawaii on each of the major islands in Hawaii. So that was kind of what catapulted me into the longer. Um, and if you listen to the Rich Roll podcast too, he and I discussed it a little bit as well because he was always an advocate for me going longer distance, as was my wife and most of the people that know me. Um, you know, I struggled at Ironman for years, um, and I just always have had an affinity to the longer stuff. So yeah, and- that, that to me that is that is so mind blowing. Uh, because the Ironman is like such a pinnacle of, okay, I trained so hard, here's the ultimate. And you guys were like, yeah, let's do the ultimate every day this week. <laughs> you, you, also, you also encouraged me because you said you were eight. And I got to say, I was, like, I was like two when I said, I'm going to crawl across this room and poop in my pants. <laughs> so I was way ahead of you, evidently. Dude, that's awesome. It's really good. I think uh, that, that's pretty funny. I have no response to that. Very good. Hey, so um, you started doing doing endurance races, distance races. Um, you said around ten years ago. Let's go back from that. You're you're married. Your wife's name is Rhonda, right? That's correct. And yeah. you guys and you guys have two kids, a, a boy and a girl. Yep, Evelyn and Ian. Evelyn is. Um, yeah, Evelyn. I guess I'll let you lead because I, if if I get on a tangent, I'll just go and start talking. <laughs> my ADD will kick in. I'll start talking about whatever. So I'll let you ask. Yeah, the yeah. Now. So, um, you guys have been married for, oh, um, you got married young, right? Like eighteen, nineteen. Yep. yep, yep. We've been married for what is today? Today is the eighth. So, uh, twenty-one years, eight months, and two days. I love or that. Five I'm not days, the only guy that does that. Yeah. 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 Getting ready to celebrate 22 years on on the third of uh, January. So, but, Man, yeah, and I've known awesome. Rhonda. Yeah, I've known Rhonda since seventh grade. Um, yeah, yeah not, so, not to say that I, not, not to say that it was a, a smooth road from from the beginning to the end. But um, I, I when I saw Rhonda in school, um, yeah, I was a, a googly eyed idiot. So, um, yeah. So, awesome. <clears throat> so run run me through just real quickly. You know. Because I think that one of the things that initially just jumped out at me that made me want to talk to you and find out like who you are and why you run and why you do what you do is your story. Um, you know that you kind of shared with with Rich and in, in your interview with you know on that podcast. So run me through if you don't mind. Just growing up. Um, okay. You know because I I thought your story. I mean I think it's going to resonate with our listeners as much as it resonated with me. Um, so can you like, kind of just run me through like, well, your story. 
Yeah, sure. I, you know, it's funny you ask that because I'm up early this morning preparing to talk to the, uh, to do the FCA event tonight. And my story is, you know, it, it's obviously, you know, crib notes, but, um, it's, it's encapsulated in my talk because it is such a vital part of who I am now. Um, not to the point where it's a crutch that I lean on, but it's kind of a reflection of where I came from to where God placed me. Um, but, you know, I grew up in a extremely dysfunctional home. Um, my dad was probably the most evil man I'd ever um, been in contact with. I, I, I mean, I came and saw every type of abuse and mistrust that you could see as a kid. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic and a drug abuser. Um, he uh, was unfaithful to my mom. Um, he was just a jerk. He's a, you know, my dad, my dad died like a couple months ago, too. The day before I was leaving to go uh, and work in Kenya, actually, I got the phone call. And, um, he, uh, you know, I don't, I don't harbor any resentment towards my father, um, I don't, uh, I don't look at him like I hope my son looks at me. Um, but I don't, uh, cower or hide anything either because I find more and more, the more people I talk to, um, they have those skeletons in the closet too. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that, I think that's where the strands of, uh, dysfunction, you know, um, just kind of start surfacing with guys, especially around 25, 26, 27 years old, when you start to develop mentally, which is when I think I started developmentally when I was <laughs> in my late twenties, um, you start to reflect and think back like, wow, I did come from, um, you know, a after school special on crack. Uh, mm-hmm. so, um, in a nutshell, I was physically abused pretty consistently. I was emotionally abused constantly. And I was always, um, in an environment of tension, which I think a lot of my insecurities that I even struggle with now as a 41 year old father and husband and friend and athlete and firefighter, paramedic, whatever, um, I still think that I struggle with some of those demons. And if I try to take yeah. care of them myself, um, dude, you're screwed. I mean, you guys know as well as I do. Um, yeah. guys are great at lying to themselves. Right. So, right. um, uh, yeah. so I, I, I left home at 17 as quick as I could. And my plans were to get college money to go to art school. I wanted to be an artist and, a, and an actor and a musician and, I went into the army. I was a medic, um, um, and I spent three and a half years of debauchery and idiocracy and stupidity and um, peer pressure pulled me from one corner to the other, and um, I just really made some stupid decisions. Um, I wasn't living at all like a Christian. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, but it was the worst example of a Christian home you could see. It was every Christian home um, that I never wanted. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't want anything to do with church when I, when I graduated, you know, I, I, like I, like I talked with on some of my past interviews, I, I'd spend the week getting the crap kicked out of me. And then on Sunday, I'd see my dad, you know, raising his hands in church. And I'd be like, what the, this makes no sense, even yeah. at such a young age. Um, so, um, I took off, I spent some years in Europe, um, picked up a guitar, uh, wanted to, um, I just wanted to, uh, sorry, I was distracted by my worship pastor playing some music with his butthole. Um, <laughs> That's the best yeah. kind of music. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love the kazoo. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, uh, I was in Europe. I, I got married. I came back to the United States. I got married to Rhonda. She came back to Europe with me. 
Um, and then we spent the better part of, you know, the next 10, 12 years navigating the ups and downs of marriage. And it was tough. Um, I have a marriage stronger than it. I'm more proud of the marriage that I have than anything in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I really am. Um, but, uh, I guess that quickly brings us up to here, and I'm yeah. not sure specifically if you want any other. Like I, I I'm, I'm asked that question a lot, and I kind of like veer in and out of the the answer. But is there anything specifically you want me to discuss other than that? I don't yeah. know what. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to talk too much, and I don't want to talk. I just want to be a good interviewee. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you uh, what's piqued my interest. Uh, first of all, not only are you a tremendous athlete, but you also are a committed Christian with a real walk with Christ. And you're friends with friends of ours, the Triple X Church guys. And I'm wondering uh, what the interplay has been for you between, um, you know, your athletic pursuits and your spirituality and uh, your determination to walk as a disciple of Christ with, you know, sexual integrity, personal integrity. How's that gone? I think I think I can. Were you trying to, for me to correlate my athletic and Christian walk, basically? Yeah, yeah. And if there's any connection with the Triple X Church guys, those are those are buddies yeah. of ours. We're all in the same yeah, field. Yeah, okay. That makes makes a lot. Yep. And and I know some of you guys know my my athletic career. When I ran the Epic Five, my intent and goal was to um, run for Triple X Church, which is an, and and I'm sure as you and the Sam Society and a lot of the listeners know, it's an accountability program that that yeah. men. Um, use or that should use or must use um, mm-hmm. for uh, online accountability. And that's something I talk about. Even yesterday, I was talking to a bunch of high school kids, not at a Christian school, um, uh, many not affiliated with any type of church, um, looking at this dude telling them um, the iPhone and, and, and smartphones um, is basically putting pornography in your pocket when you want it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, and getting back to the question, number one, I think my athletic uh, careers and my Christian walk, yeah, they have correlated for sure. Um, but same thing I tell other people when I talk is I could give a crap about my athletic career. Ultimately, it's my walk with Christ that matters. Um, right. And that's the first and foremost in my life. I don't make any mistake. I don't make any like apologies for that. The guys that I work with at the fire department know I'm an athlete, but they know more than that is that I love Jesus and I, and I, um, um, it's just my, that's my focus, right? And that is my goal. And I don't have to scream at the mountaintops. Hopefully, um, my actions speak louder than words because I'm working with my son through things right now where most of the people that I run into that say they're Christians, I can't see any fruit. And that has always been something that has been a big, um, it's, it's huge for me to see that because I saw that in my father. So that's one of the things that I'm like, wait a second here. Um, and it's not even necessarily I'm judging people, but if we're calling ourselves to the carpet as Christians, we need to keep each other accountable. And I think part of the accountability um, that athletes use with each other and my coach to be like, hey, is my heart rate in this zone? Am I doing the right thing here? Am I eating correctly? Am I getting enough sleep? I don't understand why it's so difficult for us to do that as Christians, brother, like Christian brother and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, specifically speaking, the correlation between athletics and Christianity, you don't have to go any farther than read Paul. Um, mm-hmm. and, and see what he went through um, and his, you know, flogged five times, banished three times, his friends bailed on him. Uh, I mean, his endurance and athletic prowess as a Christian, um, mm-hmm. it, it's the best example other than Christ that I can see. 
Um, and the other thing is one of my mantras is till it hurts. I think everybody goes till I think everybody goes till it hurts. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're getting ready to click online and look at the next page, whether you're getting flipping through the channels of the TV, whether the movies that you're renting, everybody can go till it hurts. But can you go past that? Can you go to the other side of pain, where um, the next step is the payoff for not quitting? And I think. Uh, if that makes sense, um, yeah, yeah. At mile fifty, fifty, actually at mile forty to forty-three of Ultraman World Championships at Kona last year, a I don't remember it. B I was vomiting like crazy, and C I had that going through my head over and over again. Like anybody can go till it hurts. You got to go past it. You got to go past it. Hmm. Um, and, and in relation to Triple X Church and online accountability. I think that's something that I find more often than not guys struggle with that um, daily, and it's not even an addiction as as much as it is a temptation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know for me, what's that? Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as an example for my son, um, for me, for him to know where I'm at online and on my phone, um, it's vital. It is vital. where magazines were hidden in closets in the 70s, in the 80s, Cinemax, HBO, um, in the 90s, they had the breakout of, of the computer, and now it's the 2000s, we have it on our phones. I think if my son sees me um, and my daughter uh, and my wife and my friends um, see me um, adamantly careful and accountable of where I'm at, um, that's all I care about. When I'm 85 years old, I don't care that I won the Ultraman World Championships. I did the Epic Five. I did X, Y, and Z. What I'm going to care is um, how pure um, of a father I was and the example I set for my kids. Mm. I hear that, man. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So tell me, when you're in the middle of, I mean, you're describing these these times in the race where it is 100% mental, and I'm sure every athlete has uh, different places they go in their mind uh, to, to push through. What, as a worshipful experience of you going out and using this vehicle that God's given you in ways that are pushing you mentally beyond what you think you can go, what's your time with God like? I can just imagine there's a worshipful component to this, this that must be pretty intense. Well... After I get off being, after I get over being pissed off that I talk myself into doing another race. <laughs> uh, so after, so you get through the anger. Yeah, yeah, through the anger and the denial, you go through all those stages. Right? You're like, oh, I'm the greatest in the world, and then I'm like, I wish I was never born. Um, <laughs> I think uh, sometimes, sometimes. I hate to admit this, but there are sometimes after I get done where I think, why didn't I use that time? Um, because everybody can over-spiritualize anything, right? Like, you get there and you're like, yeah, when I'm in the middle of it, I'm just going to lift my hands up. And, you know, even the Bible says, if you can't if you can't raise your hands, at least just make eye contact with me, right? Just lift your head, I'm there. Um, but I can't tell you how many times I've wasted opportunities in the middle of pain, which is usually when the refining takes place, right? Mm-hmm. That you ignore the opportunity to connect and you use it selfishly to um, regret and commiserate with yourself and and your poopy pants and oh woe is me and I don't mean that specifically in the race I mean that in any aspect of your walk with Christ I think we do that um, more often than we don't um, but as you question as your question asks 
inside the race, there are a lot of times where I use the experiences that I've had overseas in Haiti and in Kenya and with the MENA project in, in Nairobi and or in Eldoret, rather. I use those experiences of people that I've seen that are in dire, dire need of water. Um, and I think I had no choice. God put me on this planet at this time, in this race, at this moment. He knew about it millions of years ago. And for some reason, I'm here. Um, and I just start there. I just start thankful. I just start thanking God when I can at the smallest. And like anything else, if you do it with a pure heart and you do it with a, with a motive that's, that's wrapped around him and not yourself, you get to that point where you just keep going and you find a way to worship, I guess. Um, yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And one of the things that I just, I don't know, that I really appreciate about, well, about you is that you don't do this for your own glory. Uh, you don't do this for your own fame. Um, you, you run for other people, you ride and you swim for other people. And that, that group of people right now is the Amina Project. Um, yep, yep. Talk a little bit about the Amina Project and your work with them. Yeah. Um, the Amina Project is a, and you guys, it, it, I mean, I'm not trying to plug myself, but um, if you guys go to my website, the Christian Eisen website, I have a full gamut of pictures and info and my blog and my sponsors and my gallery and contact information, blah, blah, blah. talks about working with Living Water and Triple X Church and Mountaintop. Um, but the Amita Project, uh, if you go there, there's also a link to that. But um, it was, it is an organization that was founded by Ian and Ann May, um, some friends of mine that I met in Portland, um, that literally started this, uh, this school um, in Kiangombe, which is outside of Nairobi, um, uh, it's one of the worst, uh, and most desolate poverty stricken areas I have ever been to in my life. Um, it's even hard to describe. Um, uh, but they're like a hundred percent volunteer run organization with basically the mission that, that they come alongside, um, the individuals in the community, um, to carry out their work in the community. Um, like their focus is to enable leaders to do what's right for the children in that area of Kenya, instead of, you know, the great, pardon the expression, but white man coming over to fix the problems. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, they're a hundred percent volunteer based. Um, every single penny that that's given to them goes directly to running this little school, um, and this little dump of a cafeteria, if you want to call it that sitting on a mud floor with bowls. Um, but they provide and invest in the future of these children and it's amazing to see what they're doing. Um, so what I did was I became friends with them. I did a fundraiser with Chris Lieto and more than sport. Um, and I like their adage to much is given, um, or to who, who mu to who much is given much is required. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, um, they just want to go over there and, and, um, they help these kids, um, get an education. Um, and if you see it firsthand, um, it's, it changes your life. Um, but go to the website. They say it better than I can. I basically am an advocate. I go over there and provide medical services. I said, hey, I'm an athlete. I'm going to do this for you guys. I want to go with you to Kenya. I want to see these kids 
firsthand. There's never been medical experience people going over there and providing support. Kids never had their blood pressures taken. So I just went over there. There's a little documentary on my website. I spent about a, uh, a week and a half or so in Kenya, um, and I was just loving on these people, praying for them, providing them medical care. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, in a nutshell. Yeah, and, and you've mentioned it a couple of times, and I don't want it to be over overlooked. Um, you are, you're an EMS, right? Yeah, I'm a paramedic, actually. Paramedic. I'm a firefighter. With, yeah, Portland metro area in the city of Hillsboro. I've been on the fire department for 13 years. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm a paramedic. So, and I, you know, I grew up in a, I had a, have a medical background. I, I was a medic in the army. Um, and then I was going to do the, uh, um, doctor thing. And then I was thinking the PA thing. And then I spent time in emergency room and work in hospitals. And paramedic was kind of a place for me to be, um, so, so I use all, all that wiring to go over there. It works. Yeah. So in addition to training for Ultraman and Epic Five and these huge distance races, you also work as a paramedic. <clears throat> you also yeah. uh, do work with your church on the worship team. Um, yeah. How And you're a husband and a father. How the heck do you balance all that? And, and when do you um, sleep? Yeah, dude, sleep is, I, first off, logistically, I've just been blessed with, um, I've just been blessed with timing, right? It's all a timing thing for me. And I have that question asked me, how do you train 23 hours a week? Or how do you train 18 hours a week and still hold on a job and still, so the way that my job is and the situation with my family now, with my daughter being off to school, my son in eighth grade. My wife actually works for Farmington Gardens, um, who is actually a sponsor of mine. Um, I have a lot of time by myself, um, which for men is not good. Right. Um, I mean, you get, you give a bored guy with energy free time and right. you're in trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't mean that specifically, uh, before I answer that question, I want you to know <laughs> that every second of my day, somebody knows where I'm at. That's all awesome. the time. Um, whether it's my friend, my best friend, whether it's my family, but more importantly, my wife, my wife knows where I'm at. She knows my schedule. She knows what I'm doing. If I'm not at work, this is my schedule for the next day. I have an interview or I'm going to the pool. I'm going to meet with my coach. I'm going to go whatever. Um, so that is kind of a brick in the foundation of managing my time so that it works properly because it usually starts to unravel if I start, um, if I start changing the plan, um, I mean, yeah, there's discipline and time management. There's a calendar. There's, there's a way that my coach sets up my stuff. But to the beginning of your question, I'm able to train because my wife has a job, my son is at school, and my job affords me blocks of time where I have time to train. Um, you know, talking with my buddy here, Aaron, he's the worship pastor. And unfortunately, my, my worship time in the band at church at West Valley has suffered the last couple months. Not necessarily because I don't love playing music, because I do, but there has been stuff like, you know, I spoke at my friend's church last week in Satan, or I've got this weekend. or So I've been in the worship band for 11 years, but the flexibility there is extremely, extremely, um, it's flexible for me. Um, uh, but when I'm in the bulk of my training, um, I look at my week, I find my work schedule, and then I just fit it in, not sacrificing my family hmm. ever. Um Ever, ever, ever do I not sacrifice family time. Um, 
if I have a seven-hour training day, I make sure it's done by the time Rhonda and Ian are home from school and work. Yeah. Um, and, and very rarely is that ever, ever a sacrifice. Now, there are times where my son's like, Dad, you need to get your freaking butt out the door. Or my wife is like, no, you have a big bike ride and a big <laughs> run. It has to be done. Mainly because they don't want to see me suffer as bad as I did last year. But um, um, it's a time management thing, and it can be done. Yeah, and I've I've got one more question, and I appreciate Nate and Aaron letting me kind of geek out with you a little bit, asking, you know, uh, like sports-specific questions. But I know for me, when I first got into recovery, um, I was not athletic. I don't know that I'm athletic now, but I run, you mm-hmm. know. Um, <laughs> You're athletic. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and for me, running is something that aids my recovery. Yeah. Um, right, active recovery. Yep, active recovery is vital. Yeah, and yeah, and, and so there. I don't know that. I mean, I'm training to try to do two 25ks in six months, and oh, I, cool. And and I don't know that you know there may be listeners on the podcast that you know that want to start running or riding or or uh, even even swimming, um, but are intimidated by it. Do you have like what would you recommend for? for listeners that think, yeah, that sounds like something I should be doing, but I don't know how to do it or what to do. Like, what would you tell a guy that's in recovery about starting to be active? Um, now when you say in recovery, are you talking about bag of chips on the couch watching? No, no, no. I don't mean, I don't mean rest that like resting recovery or active recovery. I mean, recovery, like 12 step. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you, you know, it's funny. Um, I think, you know, I, I never went, I, I went to one AA meeting, um, when I was in, when I was 19 years old in Germany, um, after my wife and I were married, she's like, after the first year, she's like, yeah, I'm not doing this for the next 50 years of my life. Um, mm-hmm. so you better, you better figure something out. And, and, and looking back at it now, as a 41-year-old guy, I could see that I had not slid, slid over the, the cliff, so to speak, with it, when it comes to alcohol, um, because uh, I find it so strange how, as a 25- to 30-year-old guy, some of the patterns that I saw that I hated, you start sliding into if you don't have a foundation in Christ. I really firmly believe that. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I think for the people that are in recovery in the 12 step programs, like you're talking about, I don't want to, I don't want to a talk out of school, b talk out of my expertise level or c pretend like I can relate to other people that have gone through things that I haven't. But I can tell you for, from an experience that, um, whether it be sport, whether it be reading, whether it be running, walking, swimming, um, if you don't take whatever you're going to use and filter it through the lens of what Christ sees you as is your identity and how he's wired you, you, it doesn't matter. You could be talking Dr. Phil, Oprah Winfrey, or mm-hmm. Billy Graham, unless you have Christ um, as that. Isn't there something in your 12-step program where you have to seek yourself to a higher power? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, does that answer your question? I, I, yeah. I, do, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a, I'm not a sure. motivational speaker. I'm just a dude that's an athlete that has figured a couple things out. Um through injury and mistake, and I finally find out that every time I come back to my problems, is that usually I'm off the foundation. Um, so that would be my that would be my sole source of 
recommendation is no matter what you do, you got to start with a firm foundation, man. Um, and if you don't know that and you can't see that, you can look at some of the athletes that have tried to do their own thing, um, recovering from whatever addiction and, um, have, have fallen to the wayside. Yeah. Well, Christian, give us again, the website where people can connect with you and see your documentary. Yeah, it's just Christian Um, and dude, you guys might not know it or not, but I'm a little nervous right now. Not because, um, not because I'm trying to impress you, but because I know what you guys do. I know the work that you do. I know the impact that you have. So when I talk to guys that I admire and, and, and see what they're doing, um, it just makes me want to make sure that I'm answering your correct your questions correctly. So I hope you guys understand that. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been awesome. great. Well, we're we are so honored that you've spent some time with us and with our listeners, Christian. Uh, it's uh, I, I feel inspired. I don't know that I'm inspired enough to go uh, running today, but uh, I think no, maybe. No, but I'm I'm gonna poop in my pants later, though. Okay. okay. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I'm glad I could at least open the door for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, well, close the door. Come on. Okay. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Christian. And uh, I do hope that our listeners will go to ChristianIsaacson.com. Yeah, and we'll have we've, we'll have your page linked up on the the Facebook page to to make it easy for folks to to find you. So hey, okay. that, you, you know what? That's great and. Um, not that I want to end on this note, but I want to do a little bit of business. Um, super, super quick. Do you, you guys mind if I mention my sponsors? Yeah, man, oh, do it. Sure. Please do. And, and, and the only reason why I want to mention that to you guys is that each one of these sponsors that I'm affiliated with, as high profile as they are, they know, because I've talked to every single one of them, they know that first and foremost, my heart lies with how I reflect Christ and hmm. the athletics are secondary. And I do think a lot of sponsors and companies are starting to kind of catch wind of that now. Um, dude, I'm an average athlete with an average body and an average build that has an extraordinary desire to try to show people what Christ has done with me. And I have sponsors that are like, yeah, dude, go for it. So, um, polar and living fuel and blue 70 and Orbea, um, uh, Adidas and Farmington gardens, and Vuelta and H2 Pro Hydrate, those nine companies have been nothing but supportive of me, and I don't ever want to take them for granted. So I just wanted to make sure that I said, I'm not trying to do like, I'm a pro athlete trying to get my plugs out. No, that makes sense. I, 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 okay. get yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get okay. it. Um, and there's links. If the athletes out there want to email me questions or um, uh, ask me questions about um, Polar, their new watch, or, or you know, um, I can even probably throw them some free swag if, it, <laughs> if I feel like it. So, um, But by all means, if you go to my website, take a look at those that sponsor page, and, and those guys, um, and I've left sponsors before because they don't hold true to what I feel is important. So these guys are, it's a solid, solid group of people that have made it, um, that I feel fortunate to be able to go and do this. So Right on. Yeah. All right. Christian, thanks a bunch, man. Take care, man. Hey, thank you guys. Nate, Aaron, and Newton, and, and Mondo, I appreciate I appreciate your time, and, and I can't wait to, uh, hey, maybe we go for a run sometime together. Hey, let's go. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll see you. Take care. And we will be right back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's like monkey. We pillage, we plunder, we rifle, and we'll drink up behind you. 
we kidnap and drive it in, don't give a home, drink up, be mighty, yo-ho, 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 a pirate's life for me. Welcome back. That is it for another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. What an interesting interview. I... I have to say, Newton, I was really curious what this would be about. Let's have a, a runner <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but what what a fascinating guy. He he is one of the people that I would say without reservation has his priorities straight and does not I waste much that. time in his life. No, I don't know that he has a whole lot of time to waste. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I like I love his intentionality. Yeah. You know, I, I love that, that, that laser focus on, you know, Somebody always knows where I am. Yep. Yeah, you know that he's not putting his his family second. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I love that about him. Yeah, yeah. Def- yeah, definitely, definitely good stuff. And I, that the best way to keep yourself out of the weeds is to know the road you're going to have a destination. Yeah, uh, yeah, to be intentional about going someplace. Mm-hmm. And I I would say I mean our interview is just the, like the tip of the iceberg. The the interview where I kind of learned who he was is on a podcast that I listen to from time to time the rich roll podcast i'll try and post that on our facebook page it's yeah. it's a like we talked to him for what 35 minutes yeah. or so mm-hmm. yeah. they did like a three-hour interview it's two episodes really oh, wow. and and he talks now, about rich roll is another ultra athlete and yeah. he's also like vegan on top of it right yeah is he oh. also barefoot does he do barefoot i don't know but he's but barefoot. he's 40 that's this is what i love about endurance sports in general yeah Fast sports, speed sports are for young men. Oh, yeah. Endurance yeah. sports are for old bastards like us. Yeah. Or like me. Yes. Yeah, I'll yeah, own yeah. that. No, I, yeah, oh, there yeah, are guys yeah, who run those 75 keep, mile races who are in their 60s going. and 70s. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. But I'll, I'll throw it, that up on the Facebook page. And uh, hey, if you're on Facebook, and I know that all the free world is, uh-huh. um, do us a favor and share that page with your friends. Um, so we can get some more eyeballs on or, or post it on your page. Yeah, yeah, share Even it or that. post it on your page. Yeah. So we can get some more eyeballs on that. And if you've got ideas or feedback, shoot it to us on Facebook. Yep. And oh. we would love to be answering your questions. It's been a while since we have had mail in our mailbag, and we really do love getting to think through the stuff that you are thinking about. So shoot us a message there, or at Pirate Monk Podcast. At gmail.com. Is that no, right? No, that's wrong. That is oh, wrong. Oh, come on. That's my first <laughs> we've, try. We've, we've done our very best to confuse the listeners as to how to reach us. <laughs> PirateMonkRadio at gmail.com will get to us. Or Samson Podcast will get to us. Yep. Pirate Monk Podcast won't. Yeah. It'll go somewhere. It'll it, go yeah. somewhere. But oh, perhaps. But let's should. say again at least two more times what won't get to us so that you, <laughs> our listeners, will remember That's the one thing they'll ever. remember. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so pirate monk radio at gmail you can shoot us there uh shoot us a message there please don't shoot us there uh or the facebook also you can message us there and we'll get that okay so interact with us this is a virtual community yes, indeed. next week yeah. if you remember uh science mike did uh an episode on certainty with us and uh i enjoyed watching you guys enjoy that interview Science Mike is such a fascinating dude. So we have yet another conversation with him concerning questions and what questions we're afraid to ask and why we're afraid in the church to ask certain questions. That will be next week. So stay tuned, get connected, and we will see you next week on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Well, look, I'm